The Pac-12 media rights deal is more than likely not going to be in place by the end of June. What does that mean for Utah? We're talking about it. Today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Getty-style tumbler with every order. So make sure you guys head over to Bird Dogs to get in on the great offer from our friends at Bird Dogs. My name is JG Wisto, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined by the host of Locked On Pac-12 and our expert in all things conference realignment, Spencer McLaughlin. And Spencer, it, barring anything shocking with whatever, with about five days to go by the time this comes out, um, Utah and the Pac-12 are not going to have their media rights deal by the end of June, but we do have the situation with San Diego State playing out where they sent the letter in to inform them that they're leaving. So that at least the June 30th deadline has kind of been changed a little bit that potentially helped the Pac-12. It's one big jumbled mess. My position hasn't changed as a Utah fan and someone who wants what's best for Utah. It's wait and see what happens with the Pac-12 media rights deal. But I do think there's a lot of people who are going to look at it like, oh, as we've talked about too, this is supposed to be done by June and it continues to drag on. And it's going to drag on a little bit longer, as we know for sure. There's going to be a lot of people get nervous. I'm still in the camp of do not panic, wait and figure it all out. How do you, what do you think is just the whole situation, the crazy week it's been since San Diego State and everything that's happened with them? How best to answer that question? <laughs> um, I think first and foremost, anybody's guess on when the deal gets done is as good as mine, is as good as yours as good as the next random YouTube commenter who wants to spar with somebody about There's a lot of them. The, <laughs> oh, you noticed that too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, I've I've seen more than a few people who are big time experts uh <laughs> pop up in the YouTube comment section. I, I I believe based on the caliber of comment information that I see sometimes I actually have media rights executives who watch my show and come into the comment section. It's fascinating. I mean, frankly, I mean, the size of Locked On Pac-12. If you're not subscribed already, you're clearly missing out on the most informed debate of your life. But I, I think that the, the way that this is going, it just, it just doesn't seem like the Pac-12 is either in a hurry or there is something. This is what I really keep coming back to. There is something about this deal that nobody knows what it is for yeah. sure. You can guess about which seven things it is. There is something that is complicating this deal and has been for, for a long time. And maybe by the time the show comes out, the deal comes out, though I doubt it. There is something that is making this so intrinsically complex that it's causing it to go on this long. Because... The presidents have indicated, and athletic directors have indicated before, hey, this is going to be done in a few weeks. We're in the final stages. <laughs> I've stopped listening to all that all that, yeah. that, that garbage and such because they clearly don't know. Nobody clearly knows. But the question, the logical next question, which is always my instinct as a broadcaster, is what in the world is the holdup? And it could only be like 12 different things. It could be the economy being in somewhat of a downturn, 
media companies might not want to announce this stuff at a certain time. Remember, the Big 12 it did not negotiate a new deal. They extended their previous deal just with new teams and different dollar figures. That was back in October, okay? Inflation in the economic standing, as I understand it, is not in as strong of a place now as it was then. And so the optics for media companies announcing a deal like this, which is going to be a tens of millions or hundreds of millions dollar commitment per year over many years, they might not like the optics of that because they've got shareholders to think about and they have a lot of interested parties on, on that front. That could be a part of it. I'm not saying that is, I'm saying that's an option. San Diego State and SMU representing media markets that are valuable to the Pac-12 and network executives could be shifting the numbers around. There could be different valuations and, and disagreements about what they are actually worth. The Pac-12 has had disagreements about numbers and television ratings with media executives before. That's how we got into this Comcast overpayment mess, which is another component of all of this. Can the Pac-12 you know, stomach this deal or that deal with... The, the money they won't be getting from Comcast in the future because of the overpayments in, in, in the past. How complex are the details? How hard is it to incorporate a new media partner like Apple? This is the stuff we don't know. We, we, we just, we, we don't know. And eventually when this deal comes out, I hope someone does some honest to God reporting of this is what took so long and we get an explanation. And, and by we, I mean me. I would really <laughs> like an explanation because I've been talking about this for six bleeping months man like i didn't think it could go on this long and yet here we are and at some point and look i i accepted that we weren't going to know you know i accepted that a long long time ago i'm like you know just give it to me whenever you feel like it i don't care at this point i'm done having a vested interest in all that sort of stuff but there has to be a reason mm -hmm. whether that's coming from the media executives whether that's coming from schools whether that's because there's an expansion move we don't see coming for the Pac-12 and they're actually going to 14 teams or something like that, whether it's from whoever is involved, someone or something is driving this, and we just don't know what. And one day, I hope and pray to God we find out. You're like Charlie Day from It's Sunny in Philadelphia with the board and everything <laughs> connecting everywhere, and you're like, no, this is... Let me tell you, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> inflation peaked in the middle of June. Yeah. They knew it was coming, and they just didn't want to announce it. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, this is where we're at. I mean, like you said, there are We've so We've been driven many to insanity. That's we have been. Okay, I mean, yeah. there's so many different factors. For everyone who says, like... I mean, we've lost track of how many times a reporter's been like, this is going to happen here. It doesn't happen. And it's the same thing with, like you said, the Pac-12 presence too. They'll be like, ah, oh, we're close. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, fool me pass. once. Ah, oh, we're close. It's like, what? It's just such an interesting situation in general. Like when the Washington that. State agenda item was out publicly on the docket of grant President Schultz authority <laughs> to delegate matters pertaining to the school's media rights. In Pac-12 circles, that generated a lot of buzz of like, oh my gosh, this is the moment. And I came on my show that day and I said, guys and gals, just chill. Because yep. what indication do we have that anything means we should start getting our hopes up? It's just not worth it. You just got to accept we're never going to know when this thing comes out. And then one day we'll wake up and it'll be like the Live Golf merger. Oh my and you're gosh. just going to wake up. You're going to check the news and you're going to be like, whoa, look <laughs> at that. That actually happened. I was beginning to think it was never going to happen. And one day it will. I don't know when. And I don't wake up thinking about it. I wake up thinking about two things. What am I going to talk about on my shows? And when am I playing golf? That's it. And what I'm, time I'm, you done 
And Jeopardy, what time you and, Yes, and when am I going to watch Jeopardy? That is 100% correct. Those are the three things yeah. that I think about every day. And months ago, I stopped thinking every day about when is the Pac-12 media deal going to get announced? Mm -hmm. And guess what? I am better for it. Yeah, there's all those gifts of things like me. If I stopped caring about what people said for us, it's like me. If I stopped worrying about the Pac-12 media rights, so that is the position we are at at this moment. And uh, we're going to continue to talk about this a little bit more in a moment, as well as some of the bigger questions about what's the best program in the Pac-12, uh, better coach, Coach Lincoln Riley or Coach Witt. We're going to talk about a lot of that stuff in a moment. But first, we got to talk to you a little bit more about our friends at Bird Dogs. When you guys are talking about bird dogs, you're getting an outstanding product that is always going to be reliable and there for you. Bird dog stretchy khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better because they better than regular shorts, I should say, because they're made of a regular shorts are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Guys, I wear bird dogs to record this podcast, going on a walk with friends or just taking my dog for a walk, going and hanging out with friends, even combining it, whatever it is, bird dogs have become my short of choice. And now they can become your short of choice as well, because you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Spencer, coming back into this, before we dive into Lincoln Riley versus Coach Witt, I do want to bring up one more thing about the media rights. Actually, just to say two more things. I do want to give you props because you just mentioned about how we don't know things are going on. You were on this show, I believe it was two weeks ago at this time now, or even three. It's like I said, starting to blur together because we don't know the dates. Talking about how, hey, Colorado's going to going to stay. There's nothing that's going to happen over the next week when it seemed like there was a week period where everyone's kind of losing their minds over Colorado and everything going on there. So I do want to give you credit there. And the other thing I'm just curious to get your thoughts on a little bit more is, look, I still feel like San Diego State is going to end up in the Pac-12, but the timeline of this and just the way they've messaged the letter and everything, it's just really interesting how it's all playing out. So what do you think about San Diego State and when should Pac-12 fans if, if San Diego State is going to come expect that or does it hinge on the media rights stuff more? It's the perfect microcosm to summarize this entire Pac-12 media rights saga, which is there's a very clear and tangible path and logical reason for San Diego State to join the Pac-12. And then they made their intentions clear. And we know that the intentions have been to get a media deal for a long time. And San Diego State's intention is to join the Pac-12. But, but somehow, it's, it's frankly a poetic potential entrance for San Diego State into the Pac-12, where they have seemingly stepped on the old cartoon rake and it has whacked them in the face. <laughs> because they went to the Mountain West and said, this is what we want to do. And the Mountain West said, you suck. We don't want you to do that. We're not giving you anything that you want. And San Diego State said, well, we didn't actually officially say we're going we're gonna to do this. And, San Diego, or, and the Mountain West said, too bad, San Diego State. You did say you're going to do this, and we are treating it as such. So it leaves them in this state of limbo. Mm -hmm. And that, frankly, is a poetic entrance into the Pac-12, just like all the potential in the world and just i don't know if you call it incompetence clumsiness unfortunate timing factors playing against you you call it whatever you want the pac-12 has had all of that 
time and time and time and time again over the years. And here's San Diego State saying, we want to leave. And the Mountain West says, okay, you're allowed to do that. You got to pay us a bunch of money. And San Diego yeah. State's like, well, you know, due to factors outside of our control, um, we would like to extend this June 30th deadline so that we don't have to pay an extra $17 million. And the Mountain West went full Captain Barbosa here and said, we are disinclined to acquiesce to your request. So too bad. And then San Diego State said, well, you know, we never formally declared that we were leaving. And, said, and the Mountain West said, no, you, you basically went and got a divorce lawyer. We cannot fix this. We cannot kiss and make up here. This is done. So chaos, uncertainty, and sloppiness, and most of all, I mean, like, it, what, what is more Pac-12, JT, than bad optics? Is there anything no. in the world we, I, I, I say every morning on my show, as long as we haven't had a media deal, your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights, free and beloved conference of champions. You know, another banner or trophy, you know what I need to hang up on this banner, like above that banner in the space right there for, for everyone to see the conference of bad optics. <laughs> Because we're so good at that. We're as good at bad optics as the SEC is at winning national championships. We're ridiculously good at that sort of stuff. Misinformation campaign out there flying around on YouTube and Twitter about, you know, schools going to the Big 12 and they have a high level of interest and whatnot. Pac-12, whatever. It's just bad optics. USC and UCLA leaving. Bad reality and bad optics. Oregon and Washington lobbying the Big Ten and, you know, kind of wanting to go. Bad optics. Not bad reality, but bad optics. Everybody thinks Pac-12 football stinks. It doesn't. But bad optics. <laughs> you know, it's just like... It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how good we are at this stuff. So take that, Big Ten and SEC. You may have these big fancy media deals but we do bad optics better yep. than you. And as we've learned in politics over the last several years, I won't name names. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a great point. And, and to your point as well, just all the reasons you listed, it really is why San Diego State and the Pac-12 are perfect for each other and why I feel like this is eventually go, going to end up with, Cheers them, to uh, that. with them there. I'm yeah. not actually drinking. This is water. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> For everyone listening, Spencer just, Spencer just took a drink. That's what that was. But it is kind of the point we're at with this. But uh, let's shift off some media rights stuff, shall we? And talk yeah, about I think we need to avoid stuff. media rights talks late at night. I just get in a mood, man. That's a good I point. Just, it's just a, it's a different kind of vibe. <laughs> oh, Could I mean, all be irrelevant yeah. by the time this show comes out. You never know. That's what makes everything so crazy. One thing that won't be irrelevant, though, Spencer, is who is the best football coach in the Pac-12? And as you can see here, the Locked On Network, for those of you listening, voted on who the top five, actually, we did football progress by mistake first, the top five coaches are in the Pac-12. And they had Lincoln Riley one, Kyle Whittingham two, Kalen DeBoer three, Jonathan Smith four, and Chip Kelly five. My initial reaction is... I'm not mad at this at all. I think a lot of Utah fans would look at it like Kyle Whittingham beat Lincoln Riley twice last season. And yeah, that's true. But we don't look at things in a one-year vacuum. I, I more so look at it like this. Look, is there an argument maybe like, hey, if Kyle Whittingham was at a USC or an Oklahoma, he would have gotten them to a college football playoff. Sure, he might have maybe. He's done a great job at Utah. But 
man, I, I just feel like because Lincoln Riley has gotten his teams to that point year in and year out, they have consistently been at a higher level. And yes, I know the recruiting atmospheres and where they are in the programs and the level they have always been at versus where Kyle has taken Utah is something that Lincoln hasn't. I mean, I, I was going to say hasn't done, but I, then again, he did elevate like USC back to relevancy in his very first year, Spencer, which he does deserve a lot of credit for that too. So to me, it's also it, USC. Exactly. So to me, it's not like, like he elevated Colorado here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, give Dion some time. He might make his way on this, uh, this list as well, but um, I'm not mad at this. In fact, if I was doing it, I would, might have Lincoln one as well, because I just think as an offensive mind, he is one of the best in college football and both these either way, one or two. I don't have an issue with either way. It, it was ranked. What is your thoughts on this? No, I don't have an issue with it either because Lincoln Riley's had a high level of success winning, winning, or at least getting two conference championships at two different schools. Yeah. Generating Heisman trophy winners three different times. Yes. And he's done that at two different institutions. Now it's not as if he's again, doing this at, you know, Colorado and, uh, Virginia football, mm. exactly, non-traditional powers. But still, he is a brilliant offensive mind. He is a great coach. He is a good recruiter, has recruited well at Oklahoma and at USC. Look at Oklahoma and without him last year. A complete and utter mess, and yeah. that is a fantastic point to make, is he leaves, and in one year, players want to go with him, not stay with the brand of Oklahoma, and... Look, that's not true, you know, across the board. When Mario Cristobal left Oregon, some yeah. players went with him, but a lot of guys stayed. I mean, the entire offensive line that he built, his specialty, his baby, they uh -huh. all stayed, mm -hmm. right? Alex Forsyth and TJ Bass and Big Sala and Stephen Jones and Jack Spires Johnson, they were all recruited by Mario Cristobal, Alex Mirabal. They stayed at Oregon. That doesn't mean Mario's a bad coach. It just means that when you were taking players with you, that is a sign of being a very attractive coach for certain players at the very least. And Lincoln Riley is an excellent coach. And I understand that, you know, Witt beat him twice in 2022. I also watched Matt Campbell beat Lincoln Riley in a season. Yeah. Does anyone think Matt Campbell's better than Lincoln Riley? No, he was better than him on that day. Yes. But if you're evaluating who's the better coach, you have to evaluate the entire body of work. And you can't deny what Kyle Whittingham has done at Utah, no one's sitting here saying like, oh, Witt should be number five because he's never been to the playoff. Like, no, that's not. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely, positively not. He's only had, what, two losing seasons since joining the Pac-12 from uh, fr from the Mountain West? Like, yeah. all he has done is win at a program that, you know, was, was coming up from the G5 level, does not have an insane recruiting base, not in a huge media market, not the most money in the – uh, in, in the conference compared to some other schools. Compared to and all, <laughs> Yeah, compared to a place like UIC. And all he's done is, is is win all the time. But Lincoln Riley's doing this stuff at a high, high level, year in and year out. And so is Kyle Whittingham. But, yeah, if you had to give me any coach to start my program with, I think that's the best way to look at it. If you could take any coach to start a program with anywhere, who are you going with? I'm taking Lincoln Riley. Right, and Kyle Whittingham is very high in that list. But I'm taking Lincoln Riley number one because his offensive his I love watching like USC highlights or game reruns or whatnot, or or even from his time at Oklahoma. His offensive play design is so good. Unbelievable. It's I'm not allowed to say that, but he he's a very good coach. Yeah, he yeah, I know. You're not allowed to say it. That's why you bring me on. I'm allowed exactly. to say it. I'm, <laughs> like for for example, 
One that pops in my mind, I think Joel Klatt was breaking this down on his show uh, a, a while back, and Klatt's excellent, is mm-hmm. the touchdown on, it was like third and 11, I think, in the game in Salt Lake City. And I think I can talk about that here on the show because you guys won, <laughs> which was awesome. But he had trips to the wide side, and I think he called an audible. Either he or Caleb called an audible. And they went to a tunnel screen against cover zero, right? And for those who don't know, cover zero means you're blitzing Mm -hmm. at least six, probably seven guys, unless you have five receivers in the formation, but you're playing man-to-man on every every eligible receiver and everybody else is blitzing. You have no safety help over the top. So they were sitting soft in cover zero and they checked to to a tunnel screen and they ended up running for a touchdown. But he added this little wrinkle that I'd never seen before. And this is the sort of stuff that like I, as a football guy, just completely and utterly geek out over that, you know, it's, it's pretty typical to have, you know, three guys out wide and two guys go block and one guy cuts in and such, but he had the slot drag across the formation. Then the inside guy came out to block to create more space and clear out the nickel corner and then the outside receiver came in for the screen, and then he had an angle and some and some momentum to attack that defender. He missed the tackle and then went on for a touchdown. Like he comes up with little stuff like that. His play design in the red zone, his play design, you know, in the middle of the field especially, is really really good. And you see a lot of teams copying the concepts that 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 he runs from time to time because he's he's really really smart in that sense. So I think when you have a coach who's had as much success as he has had, who's as innovative as he is, who's you know able to acquire talent now at the via the portal in the high school ranks the way that he is, when you have a player like Dorian Singer at Arizona and I'm I'm sure money was a part of it too, but he wouldn't be going to USC if he didn't think, yeah, I can go there and succeed because I want to be a part of that offense. Like he has made USC a destination more than they were before and it's because of him. Yeah, who wouldn't want, who wouldn't have in Singer's position not not go to USC there? I mean, look at it like you have a chance to win the Pac-12. Uh, yeah, I mean, depends on what your priorities are. Yeah, you're right, but I just he's like the fourth receiver on that team. You think so, Singer is? He's a Rice least, Williams. Won't he be the uh, top three? I think there's one more in there. Because right, be, yeah, he could be third, gone, but um, I thought they brought. I'll let you sit on and think on that for a moment. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. to say Hold really on, quickly, me... uh, once again, this hurts me to say, but if you, especially when to your point of building a program, there is you can with wit you're getting defense with Riley you're getting offense. There is no defense for the perfect throw. And they also have uh, they also have Makai Lemon, a high four star receiver, and Zach Branch, a five star receiver, coming in yeah. as true freshmen this year. Um, Who's so I thought be, they brought yeah. in a transfer it'll, it'll receiver. It'll be an interesting battle to see how it plays oh, out. No, no, Singer was the only transfer receiver. Like he probably played, but again, not going to be the number one guy. So, yeah. would you rather be you know the number three or four receiver on a team that can win a Pac-12 championship, or would you rather be a number two receiver, yeah. which he would be? I think. Are you sure? Will he's better? This is turned into locked on USC. We should go on Mark's show. But are you <laughs> sure that uh, Singer? Are you sure he's? I, I mean, he might be better than Williams and Rice this year. I'm not ruling that out. I mean, he's very good. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'll be interested to see how it plays out. Yeah. I've, I've, I've talked to Mark recently, and Singer was like third or fourth on the list. He was, okay. At least at least in his view. Maybe that ends up being, being different. But like, mm-hmm. if I were Singer and I wanted to make it to the NFL, I would have gone somewhere. Like, like, honestly, I would have either stayed at Arizona or gone to a place like Washington State 
where I'm going to throw the ball. I have an NFL quarter, an yeah. NFL quarterback, and I can be the number one guy and put up big time numbers. It's a good point. It's kind of that interesting thing. If I think you can get numbers are having a chance to win. That's that's where USC kind of throws the ball a lot, but they have a lot of talented receivers, and you can get hidden there. I'm just saying. Yes. Dorian yeah. Singer was second team All Pac-12 this year. Pretty sure he led the conference in receiving yards. I think. I will be surprised if that happens again. Well, everyone thought Jordan Addison was going to leave the conference in receiving yards. To your point, instead yeah, he got hurt, or he probably well, would have. He, he, yeah, might have, but like you said too. But there's also a lot of mouths to feed in that offense as well. I think that also played. Yeah, there are. Do it once he got back. But uh, either way, and the point I was just going to finish up is: look, if you're starting a program, there's no defense for the perfect offense. Consistently, Lincoln Riley brings in the quarterback who can make that perfect throw, and it's still the most important position on the field. I would roll with Lincoln in that scenario as well. But in general, we're talking about USC and Utah, two of the top football programs in the Pac-12, and they were ranked by everyone at the Lockdown Network. Now, this nice is a nice transition there. That was good. <laughs> that you. was smooth. Pro stuff, right this there. This is a. I appreciate. Um, <laughs> this is one of the interesting things about this list, Spencer, that we're looking at. And for those of you who are listening to this, it is the top five football programs as voted on by Lockdown hosts. Um, I missed the vote. I will say before, so don't get mad at me for Utah being fourth. Um, USC one, Washington two, Oregon three. Utah four, Oregon State five. Now, Spencer, the interesting thing we don't have here is it's like, is this all time? Is this yeah, right yeah, now? Like, took how the do words you, right out of my mouth. Yeah, how do you how do you kind of value it like that? If it's if it's in terms of right now, look, I understand like when a USC, a Washington, and an Oregon are clicking at full speed and on all cylinders, they are at a higher level historically versus a U- Utah. But Utah has won the last two Pac-12 championships. They're bringing everyone back once again. Look, they got a tough schedule. They might not get there again, but they're going to continue to be competitive and right there. To me, I, I, I feel like Utah, especially if, once again, we're just going right now and off of recent stuff, and I understand if they're, like you said, conference realignment, all of that, Washington and Oregon are getting asked to go places than Utah. But if we're evaluating the football programs themselves right now, to me – Utah honestly should be at number one just based on the recent stuff. And at the bare minimum, they got to be above Washington. And I still have them above USC just because they just beat UFC. If USC, if we're talking about the football programs right now, I understand that USC might pass Utah this coming season, but that's all projections and stuff. We're talking about right now. I think Utah should be at the top of this list with an Oregon at two for recent stuff. I enjoy lists because they can make for interesting content. I do not. I, I, I do not like the premise of this list because there is no premise of the list. Yeah. Top five football programs, what, all time? Five years? Ten years? These are different questions. Yes, absolutely. These are completely different questions, right? And you can't just talk about one year because then it'd be, which team had the best season in 2022? Well, that answer is probably Utah or Washington who finished with the most wins. Along, you know, along with USC, but USC lost their bowl game. Washington won, but Utah lost their bowl game. But they won, right? Like that's yeah, that that's a debate. I don't know that it's a particularly interesting one, but it's at least a debate. You put up something like this, and you say like, "Oh, top five football programs." You have to give me a time frame, yeah, because in the last five years, it's Utah, and no, there is not a close second. There is not. I'm going to say this really clearly and into the mic. There's not a close second. Nobody else over the last five seasons has played in every Pac-12 championship game except the COVID year, and what the hell even was that? Nobody's done that. So, you know, wh- whatever people ha- – like I, like I saw this, and I, I, I need a time frame. Like I need a time frame because if it's five years, it's Utah. It's t- if you go 10 years, you're probably looking at Oregon. If you're going 15 years, 
you're also probably looking at Oregon. If you go 20 years, you're now looking at USC because you're going to put their national championships into that window. It completely changes. Like, if, if you went 15 years, Stanford would be on the list. Yeah. They've won the Pac-12 three times, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Or, yeah, Oregon's won at four. Stanford's won at three. Washington's won at two. Utah's, Utah's now won at two. And then somebody US, else has USC's one. USC's got a decent amount. I think somewhere in there, too. You, yeah, yeah. You, no, USC has one. Oh, they only have one. Gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, they only have one. That's what I'm saying. Like, USC is not the best program in the Pac-12 unless you're saying, well, last 20 years. Oh, okay, then they're the only one with a national championship. Yeah. But if you then just start narrowing the window, you're, you're shifting the parameter. You're shifting the discussion entirely. So I object to the lack of premise of that particular list. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to take it up with our bosses then since since they're the ones that created it. Usually, you know, we're, we're mad at someone else's list and it's like, oh, wait, this is our own network. So we'll have to, that's where we'll have to yeah, get to. The I might be getting, I might be getting a strongly worded text from, from our boss, Zach, or from somebody in the network. Like, Hey, don't, don't hate on it so much. Like I'm, I'm providing feedback yeah. here. That is exactly, that is not a good top five coaches. I think that's, I think that's a bit, a bit easier, but top five programs over me a time frame <laughs> well those negative comments are going to be offset by all the utah fans like jt why is spencer more of a utah guy than you are and you're the host of lockdown news and i'm going to be like i, I know I, I feel like i'm trying i'm trying to be a realist i mean, I mean at, the, at this point like my oregon fandom is just slowly becoming secondary not actually but it's becoming secondary that audio clip <laughs> <laughs> to my uh my san diego state smu and utah fandom i mean those are those are apparent in the eyes of many. Those might be and my, those my three right teams. there are huge to the action. Like just be serious. Like those three, if, if let's say SME does come up, like that's huge to the future of the Pac-12, which Correct. you do host Locked On Pac-12. So if all three Correct. of those programs are doing well, we're going to continue to have a Locked On Pac-12. Oh, I mean, I'm just like I'm so all in. You know, you know my you know my dream scenario is nobody asks for this next statement. You're going to get it anyway. It's the end of the show, and it's yep. late. And it's late at night, so that's what you're stuck with. <laughs> when I we're remind recording. everyone, it was water earlier. It w- <laughs> Yeah, it it was it was. This is just me, completely unfiltered, off the cuff. My dream scenario is the Pac-12 finishes their media deal. It's in range, or even like if it were to surpass the Big Twelve, I'd be the most obnoxious human being on planet Earth. I like I would never let anyone hear the end of that, but I don't think that's likely, so I'm not getting my hopes up there. But finish the media deal, keep the conference together. San Diego State and SMU come in, and then in 2024, one of those schools plays in the Pac-12 championship game. Oh my gosh! If 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 like if that happens in their first. Season. I don't know who would be more likely. You kind of got to see how everything plays out. But I might say if, if that were to happen somehow, let me tell you, the obnoxiousness. If you think I was in a zone or on a vibe tonight, at that time, if you give me that scenario, I will be, I will be intolerable. <laughs> I will be intolerable to everybody except the fans of the team who make that championship game. And you will be the people's champions in that situation. I would be uh, the people's champion. <laughs> hey, and I'm look, obviously I want Utah to be in the Pac-12 championship game, but I always think parody is a great thing. So if it is a San Diego state and SMU 
in the short term in a couple of years. I think that would be great for the conference overall. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. If you guys want more conference realignment or just more Pac-12 long. Oh, no, that'd be terrible for the conference. I'm saying it'd be great for me. That's true. You're right. If, if the, you're right. <laughs> they don't want them in you the know conference what? Gym, Going back yeah. to your point on bad optics, if the team that just joined from the Mountain West made in their very Oh, first, yeah, that'd be team, terrible. That, that is really bad optics. Your point. That'd I, be I, terrible. I will, rescind, I will it, rescind the statement. I but 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 like like that is not what the conference would. Re- yes. Like the conference wants Oregon and Washington or Oregon and Utah to play in the conference championship game for the first few years. And then eventually have San Diego State and SMU yeah, get in there. Like eventually if they get in there in the there. if they get in there in the first season, we'll be tripling down on the conference of bad optics. Yeah. <laughs> that should be my new tagline at the start of each podcast. Okay, I'm done. There I'm done. Go. And if you guys want more of Locked On Pac-12, make sure you guys head over. Or I'm even I'm backwards and things this morning. If you want more Spencer, make sure you guys head over and check out Locked On Pac-12. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked On You. Spencer, appreciate you for joining us. Yeah, anytime. If you want more of this, you all know where to find me. <laughs> and if you guys want more Utah content, make sure you stay right here. And we appreciate you for making us your first listen every single day. And we'll see you tomorrow.